It's your man Dante the Dark Knight, and welcome to Eagles Talk. Uh, we had to take a week off, but we're back now, and there has been some 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 things that have taken place since we've last been been on the air. Let's uh, let's see, let's count down. Uh, we've signed Patrick Robinson, cornerback, who was uh, released by the Indianapolis Colts. We signed uh, Chris Long, uh, defensive end, who was released by. The uh, New England Patriots. And I'm even reading now that somebody on the Eagles uh, took a pay cut to help out the team. Isn't that something? So we'll get into all that in just a second. But let me bring on my co-hosts. So without further ado, I have Shelman and Patrick Sandlin. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome back, man. Hey, what's going on? What's up? What's up, Eagles Nation? Yeah, you know, I had to take a week off. I had to uh had a funeral, had a family funeral. I mean a family a death in the family and I had to go to a funeral last week. And I know this is a podcast. We can record this at any time, but I you know, I have I have like really small windows when I could do recordings because I just I'm I don't only do this one. So that kind of messed my uh window up. So we had to take a week off. But we're back. We're back now. How do you guys how do you guys do? How were you guys last week without us uh recording this? Because I know you guys like you guys live and die for this stuff. I know you do. I know it. <laughs> I, I miss y'all guys, man. I was, I was you know, no football. I was scratching the niches. <laughs> and, and he's like it's calling me it's calling me and that's what you guys need okay, to know out yeah. there is that my co-hosts are de- are dedicated football people no they, they didn't play pro but they played enough football and they they know enough x and o's and they just they just bleed football you know what i mean they just bleed i think if you cut them uh Brown leather will come out. Cowhide will just start oozing out of their skin or something like that. That's how. That's how. That's how adept these guys are when it comes to uh, when it comes to football. So hey, look, let's uh, let's talk about it, man. We um, we have signed Patrick Robinson. Uh, like I said in the opening, uh, D D back from Indianapolis Colts, and we talked off the air a little bit about this. So I, I want you guys to continue this this conversation now. So. This guy was a first round draft pick, as you're telling me, and 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 he was released. He was hurt, bounced around a couple teams, first round draft pick, and I'm seeing that he was an average cornerback. But even with that, I think that he brings some value to the table because hit the, here's my here's my perspective. This this is how I see it going down. I don't know if he's going to be a star or anything like that, but I do foresee us drafting our cornerbacks of the future in this draft. This is a deep uh it's, it's a deep defensive back draft. I see us drafting our cornerbacks for the future in this draft. And they just might not be ready for primetime players when they come in. Not if we if we look at history, uh our last two great cornerbacks were drafted in the same year, Sheldon Brown and uh Lito Shepard. And and they and they got a mm-hmm. chance to sit behind some great, some great D backs before they took over the reins. So and, and I don't know if they weren't ready, but 
we had the luxury of having some great DBs in front of them, Bobby Taylor, uh, uh, Troy Bobby Vincent, and, and them and those guys. So they 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 had the luxury of sitting there and and, and waiting. Um, now we come around. If these guys, if the guys that we draft, who I foresee us drafting in the um in the draft this year, are our future cornerbacks. <clears throat> excuse me. Our future cornerbacks, if they come in and they're not ready for prime time just yet, I, I see Patrick Robinson as a stopgap, as a guy that can maybe hold down the spot for a year until these guys get their feet under them. I see uh, Jalen Mills as being a, a starter in uh, some capacity, if not uh, on the outside, definitely on the in the slot. Uh, and and he had and he had a good year. He had a good year last year as a rookie. I saw a lot of, of growth and stuff like that. So that's that's my take on Patrick Robinson's signing. I think it was a good sign. I don't think it was, uh, you know, of course it didn't make any big splashes, but I think it was a solid signing, especially where our salary cap situation stands. So what do you guys think? Tell I'm starting with you, Pat. Pat, tell me what do you think about this Patrick Robinson signing? I think it was a solid uh, uh, signing. I actually believe it was somewhere some on similar lines of uh, how we viewed it a few years ago when we went out there to get the low-tiered or the middle-tiered uh, free agents, such as Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I believe uh, Patrick uh, Robertson could be a, a good fit for our scheme here. Um, he has showed flashes over the, a few years, especially with, uh, when he was with uh uh, the Chargers, he actually showed a pretty good uh, skill set there. Um, and I believe he's, he's teaming back up again with Malcolm Jenkins, and, and this time he Malcolm can actually play the safety that he's, he, he, he flourishes at, you know. Um, I, I believe it's a good, it's, it's a good stopgap. Maybe not a stopgap. Actually, maybe, you know, he might be here for a long run if he has a good year. Because um, this this draft does have a lot of uh, good prospects that can um, benefit our team down down the road if we choose to go that way. So I, I believe this was a, actually a great signing, to tell you the truth. All right. Well, you know, when, when Pat agrees with me, then I feel better. Like, oh, I said the right thing. No, I'm a kid. So, <laughs> like, you know, no, no, but I'm, I'm along the same lines as um, I forgot to add that, that little bit that um, – that you know he's um he's on a one year deal and I like these one year deals that Howie is making it yeah. he's keeping with his his low risk high reward uh philosophy here like you know low risk if mm-hmm. this guy does not pan out if he does not play up to his potential we we're not tied in uh with this guy no longer than this year and and these one year deals what they also do is they also they also um they also give the player incentive to play the ball out. They you, you ball out in the contract year. Most players ball out in the contract yeah. year. You know what I'm saying? So he's gonna I, you know, I see him, Alshon Jeffrey, uh uh Tory Smith, uh 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 Warmack. I see these guys as Chris Long, they gave him a one year. And, yeah, and, and I haven't gotten to Chris Young yet. Chris Long yet. But yeah, these guys come in on a one year deal and it's Low risk and and it's high reward because if they do perform uh, well, they're gonna if even if it's not with us, they're going to earn themselves some more money. Even if it's not with us, so Shell, what do you think? What, what the uh, the uh, ask you? What do you think about the Patrick Robinson signing? 
I think it was good. I think it definitely fulfilled a need. Um, uh, like we talked previously, he's explosive athlete, first round draft pick. He's 28. He'll be 29. Um, so he still, he still has got a, a lot of tread left on the tires. Um, he, he's had 10 interceptions over the last couple of years. So he's, he's an individual that can make a play on the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be good uh, teaming him back up with Malcolm Jenkins. Right. They did really good things at the state with the Saints. <clears throat> so now you have him playing one side and you have Malcolm Jenkins playing over the top. Uh, we all know as, as athletes, I know when I played linebacker and, and Patrick was behind me, I, I could gamble a little bit because if I missed, he would clean up. So if, if I'm playing corner and I got a safety behind me that I already trust, I'm right. I, I might take a jump on trying to get the interception instead of just knocking the ball down. So I, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be better better play for for the defense. Well, I think that's uh well well it's a consensus here. We all agree that Patrick will. I mean Patrick Robinson is a, a good signing. Uh, it's not a big uh, free agent splash like the Alshon Jeffrey signing, but definitely I think we can get some value out of signing a guy like that who has something to prove. And if he is indeed successful in proving uh, how he can play in that, you know, the last couple of years with just a fluke, especially the last year with the in- injury and all, if he can prove that he's bounced back and he can return to a first-round draft pick form or skill level or, or potential, then he can earn himself some money. Uh, I don't know where he's going to get the money from because we're strapped and we're not, and we're not just strapped this offseason. We're strapped <laughs> like next offseason too. Like we, we're going to have to make some, how he does good with the cap. So I'm, I'm looking and hoping that, you know, he's going to have to perform some magic because let, let's just like hypothetically think, let's, let's say Ashawn Jeffrey balls out. Let's say, mm-hmm. well, Tory Smith is kind of locked in, but let's say, uh, Warmack balls out. Let's say, uh, Chris Long balls out and let's say Robinson balls. I mean, they ball out till they, you know, till we, we, we see them as, Legitimate, and because these guys, except for Chris Long, he's kind of he's over thirty. He kind of goes against what we like to do in free agency. But except for Chris Long, these other guys are young guys that could be uh, viable pieces to our future going forward. And I, I I give him credit for making those type of signings. Like you know, didn't he didn't sign a lot of long in the tooth guys. He signed some people who are who who have something to prove, but they're young, and if they do prove it. They would be uh, great long-term solutions if they live up to their potential. And but if they do, if they all ball out, can, we can't afford them. We cannot afford all, all of these guys. If if they do ball out, what the hell are we going to do? Well, Don, Don, one thing, one thing we got to look forward to next year. Also, everybody keeps forgetting the NFL finally gets their TV money, so the contracts will be changing over in eighteen and nineteen. So players will give you getting paid more money because the teams are having more money for them to get paid because TV money kicks in. So that's something to look forward to. Um, if, if you look at it in perspective as, as a money value, be able to keep some of the athletes. Man, um, look. So you can think about that aspect. Look. Well, if you, if you look if you look at our team right now, you look, you look at the roster right now, and you just factor a couple of things in from next year um, since you want to go that route. Um, you got a couple of contracts that will fall off. Um Looking at it right now, Darren Sproles is, is probably his last year. Uh, Jason Peters is probably his last year. Okay, um, okay. Brett Sellers probably his last year. Who, also, who was that? Um, who was the last person you said? Say again. Who was the last person you said? Who? Um, Brett Sellers, tight end. Oh, okay, Brett. I thought Brett, 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 Brett yeah. signed an extension last year. He didn't. 
he didn't. He signed an extension about I think it's about two years ago. But I'm pretty sure this is gonna be his last year here with the Eagles, because um, he, he he brings a good skill set as far as blocking. But that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know, the league is more towards a a a, a receiving tight end now. There's um, more it's more, got, more towards the the Shannon, the Shannon Sharp type of tight end, where they're they're split out. They actually go in motion. I want to say more more of an H spec than an actual physical tight end. Right. Uh, there's very few teams that still run. That type of offense. I mean, we are here with Chris Long. Why were the Eagles the best situation? Tight end, one uh, tight end set. Um, the Ravens used to be the same way. A lot of teams are going away from the, the power tight ends, and they're going more towards like the Gronks, the guys that's, that's really athletes, that former basketball players, or or or, or something like that. Whereas though they can go and actually, if they lost a few pounds, you can actually line them up in the slot as a, as a receiver. But they're actually tight ends because they have the the physicality to do such. Um, that's that's what the NFL is leaning more towards. All right. Well, God, I'm, what I'm leaning towards, I, all I'm leaning towards is how are we going to pay these guys? That's, that's that's all I'm worried about. I mean, like, if these oh, guys God. ball out, what are we going to do gotta, next year? We got the money, we got the money coming off. in. I know I'm yeah, way so ahead of the, I'm way ahead of myself. I know that. I know I'm way ahead of myself because we haven't even gotten through this off season yet, and I'm always talking about next next off season. <laughs> so I, I I understand that. I, but I'm just I, I guess I'm a typical Eagles fan. I'm I'm, I'm putting the, the horse before the cart here. But what I'm saying is, uh, and that you made up a good you brought up a good point, Pat. We we got some we got some contracts falling off. We got some people that are probably not going to be here. Jason Peters, that's a big contract. He falls off the books. That's yeah, going to free up some money. Uh, 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 um, Sproles, Sproles is going to come off the books and 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 sell it. So I guess you know how he's going to have some things that he can play around with, and he's a magician. I have to give it to him, you know, just to get the and Chase Daniels too, and who Chase Daniels and His Chase Daniels, right? Yeah, that was awesome. a good move too. Yeah, and we didn't talk about that, but we do. I don't know. Yeah, he got. He we really, haven't been really, on the air he before he picked up Foles. Yeah, we, we haven't Foles. been on the air since we got Foles back. That was that's something else I should have added. We have Nick Foles back. We have Saint Nick is back in the fold, <laughs> and I like Saint Nick. I, I, I at one time I thought Saint Nick was going to be the truth. I really did. I, you know, especially coming off that twenty-seven and two year, twenty-seven touchdowns, two interceptions, that 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 Hall of Fame tying game when he threw seven touchdowns in a game. Uh, he looked to he looked, uh, he looked to be uh, promising in that Chip Kelly at the time, Chip Kelly's offense but then chip got rid of everybody and then you know then the real nick Foles kind of you know showed up it's a lot easier when you're throwing uh wide open bombs to deshaun jackson because he has shady taking uh bringing eight men in the box six men in the box you know what i'm saying it's, it's a lot different when you have these weapons and they're complimenting each other but then chip kelly decided we don't need those weapons <laughs> we don't need those guys <laughs> and he showed everybody to do it but anyway, we so we have Nick Foles back in the in the fold and uh Chase Daniels, uh we, we released him, uh actually fulfilled his wish of being released because he thought he was still a, a start, starting caliber quarterback in this league, which is laughable to me. But hey, you know, you gotta believe in yourself. Um he was he was valuable though. I don't know if he was worth seven million a year as a backup but he was he was very valuable in my eyesight because he provided a a, a mentor for Wentz in his first year because he knew the uh, offense he he had enough experience he could point some things out 
coming back to the sideline of what he was seeing. He also, uh, I've read stories that he also taught Nick, I mean, taught uh, Carlson how to be a professional, how to prepare for games, how to study film, to get get in there early and, and we're going to do this and we're going to go over that. So he was he was valuable in that sense. He was like a high-paid, high-priced coach, I would say. He's a high-priced coach. So I'm, I'm going to miss him a little bit, but I'm not going to miss that $7 million a year. Excuse me, where we can uh, take that money and, and put it in a better place. You know what I'm saying? Better use it in a situation. So I, I did open up and I said that. Uh, Who did I say? All right, before I even go to that guy, let me, let me, let's touch on uh, Chris Long because Chris Long was another signing that we had. So Chris Long is in the fold now. He played for the New England Patriots last year. Uh, early in his career, mm-hmm. Chris, Chris Long was a, 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 a pretty good pass rusher. A pretty good pass rusher, and um, he he didn't have a bad year last year. He had he had a he was he was in the top of the league in hurries, quarterback hurries. So he's still bringing it. He didn't amount he didn't amass as many sacks as he have has done in uh, previous seasons. But he 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 I think he's if he can recapture his early early glory, he can be that high energy pass rusher on the other side of uh, Graham. Uh, especially in uh, situational and uh, in certain situations. Graham is a high-motor guy. I think Chris Long could be a high-motor guy on the other side. We would like for Vinny Curry to actually step up and earn the money that we we signed him to last year, and that hasn't yet to happen. But he has a great opportunity going into this year to live up to that big contract. And... Um, we have a we need we have a need for it. So it'd be great if Vinny Curry decided he wanted to fill the need in which we were paying him for anyway. So that would be great. But I think Chris Long is going to be I think he can be uh I think he can fulfill a role if he can uh like I said, recapture some of that past glory. So what do you guys think about Chris Long and his signing? Uh starting with you, Shell. I'll let you go first this time. I think I think he has a lot of tread left on the tires. Um, he's somebody like I was I was saying. He's he's a, a true defensive end. He's not one of these guys that's a a non technique that was a linebacker that's going to drop in the coverage. No, he's a, a, a he's a true defensive end that's going to slap you. He's going to put pressure on a tackle. He's going to get upfield. He's going to he's going to he's going to target the quarterback and and force him to make a move. Um, he, he's got good feet work. Um, I just think we he probably. I mean, he was productive. He was productive where he was at. I just think going forward that now he's going to be in a, in a system where the, the defensive line is asked to do a little more. He can actually shine a little better to show some of his tools. So I'm I'm very happy with the decision to make him. Um, I say he has at least two or three more years left of his playing ability before before he's washed up. So I think signing him to a one year deal was was very optimal because it's going to make him play 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 above his head. All right, and uh, I think I think he's you know again these are low risk, high reward type of signings, and reward. I think mm-hmm. that that Howie is uh done good on those. You know we I think Howie does better with those type of signings and those tier two. When we talked about this in the past, Pat, those tier level mm-hmm. tier two signings, uh, we get more value out of those those guys that we that we that we ink the contracts. Uh, and then Malcolm Jenkins is like my pers- poster boy for that, for that. But we have some signees here that could also 
fit that bill too if these guys play up to uh to their potential and if they do not we do not have to worry about it we could just let these guys go one year deal no egg on our face we're not locked in we're not looking at mm-hmm. these people wondering why are they still here so you know i i like him how he's done a great job in signing those tier two tier three level players with low risk high reward and chris long seems to be one of those and uh i guess it was your turn pat to tell me your feelings about the chris long signing yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I think it's, it's an excellent signing. Uh, it was kind of unexpected. Um, and, and and from that being unexpected side, I mean, you, you signed a guy that was drafted number two overall, <laughs> you know, who he ha- who has produced in the regular 4-3 uh, wide-nine type of uh, defense. And I, I believe the scheme here with Jim, jo- uh, Jim Johnson, <laughs> uh, Swartz will fit him. To, to a T, you know, he, he's not a, a guy that will stand up and, you know, drop into a coverage. He's a guy that will bull rush, use his hands, bend the tips to come around the corner and make plays by a, a pass rush. And also, he's, he's good in uh, stopping the run. Um, this also gives us a sentence on the edge to say, you know what, we got some defensive ends that need to step up. And if you don't want to step up, we will release you and keep this guy, maybe draft another guy. Because you, you you look at you look at our defensive front now you know you got Brandon Graham, Vinny right. Curry, right, uh, Marcus Smith, uh, Alex McAllister, you know who, who was the rookie last year that you know we put on IR that gained about twenty five thirty pounds of muscle. Um, he's a tall lean guy. Uh, then add Chris Long into the mix and whatever draft pick we decide to get or undrafted rookie that might come up. Um, the possibilities for our defensive line is endless. You know, so I I believe he adds a a sense of urgency, and also adds that veteran veteran presence besides Malcolm Jenkins in the locker room that we we so desperately needed. All right, well, yeah. So you you're right, you're right, and I agree with you totally on that. Um, mm-hmm. How he's not doing a bad job, and uh, I have to remind everyone again because uh, I can get caught up. We can get caught up, although I don't think we're getting caught up a lot because uh, something else that that happened this week was that Jeffrey Lurie spoke to, uh, to spoke to the media this week, and and he basically verbatim. I don't know if Howie prepped him before his press conference, but he sounded just like Howie when Howie was telling us that it's going to be a, you know, we have to be patient. We're not building for a ten to sixteen. We're striving. To to be uh, uh, to be a consistent playoff uh, uh, contender, a championship contender, and that takes time. And 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 Lori basically said word for word the same thing, and he's letting us know to just be patient with the whole situation. He's also echoed the uh, the sentiment that we they are building around our franchise quarterback and everything is geared towards surrounding Carson Wentz with not only the weapons on offense, but the defense and the offensive line and the defensive line that he needs. And, and all those things are, you know, are great things and we need, and we need that to happen. But he did sound like a, uh, a Howie Roseman. He just echoed everything Howie had told us, uh, I guess a month ago or so when he spoke. Uh, so here we are. We have to be patient. They're telling us to be patient. They're working on conco- yeah. concocting this this wonderful plan. But I, you know, 
it's been 50 something years. I don't know how much more patient I can get. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we we won no Super Bowls and, and, and we won the last championship we had was in 1960. It's been it's been like forever. It's been forever. Yeah. And they want us to be even more patient. I'm getting old. I can I don't have a lot of patience. So, I'm a ball out like I used to. So, if we win I'll, all I need is like one in a row, and I'm, I'm you know me. I'm we're going to the Super Bowl. I don't. That's, that's <laughs> you know me. That's a streak for me. We won one in a row. We're rolling. We're rolling. So you know, I'm I'm on that tip. I'm I'm going to continue to be that way because I got to get excited over whatever is out there to get excited over. I don't have the time to be patient, and I know I I know I jumped the gun a lot. I know after the third game last year uh, when we played Pittsburgh, I know I had us in the Super Bowl and all. Yeah, you know, I, I, did, <laughs> yeah I did. I did, but yeah. I don't apologize for that. I'm sorry, I don't. I I have to get excited over when I can get excited. But this takes me back to what I wanted to say. Money back. This is what I wanted to say. I, I, I want to get excited over what I want to get excited for because I don't have patience. But I am not going to get excited over winning the offseason anymore. And I talked about this. I'm tired of winning the offseason. Now, that I'm tired of. I'm tired of winning the offseason, and and then it doesn't translate into wins during the regular season. So this offseason, we're doing good, and, and we might even be winning in some cases or or, or contenders for winning the offseason, but I don't care about that. I'm tired of winning the offseason. I just hope that these signings translate into us making the playoffs. That's all I want to see us in the playoffs. You know, you know the last time we've been in the playoffs? You know, you like I, I can really I can really appreciate playoffs now. You know, like like yeah. it's <laughs> like Christmas. Like, yeah, like you can I don't know, like it's like when that playoff game is coming up, man, and like just the the thrill of knowing if we win this game, we we go we we play another week. We had not had that feeling uh, in like three four years now, and I'm I'm longing for mm-hmm. that. I'm longing for being able to extend our football season, and and you know me, I'll step out on a limb and I say that I say that we're heading in the right direction. And depending on what we do in the draft, uh, our our division is uh, is competitive again, which is incredible. I I love to see the NFC East back to competitive football, and, and it seems like it's going to continue in this upcoming season. So I'm excited for all that, but I'm not going to get overly excited from this off season. What about you guys? Uh, if you had a grade on this off season, how do you think we're doing so far? Starting with you, Shell. Uh, I give us a I give us a B minus. I give us a B minus. Um, I do think uh, we we missed out on uh, possibly getting a high tower as an inside linebacker to help out our linebacking core. Um, he, he gentleman that was going to sign with Pittsburgh and they decided not to get him. And then uh, the Patriots picked him back up. <laughs> so uh, the rich get richer. So that's, that's the one the one guy I think we really kind of missed out on. But I think overall. Um, as a whole, we we fulfilled our needs. We got two 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 receivers that could fulfill what we need them to do. We we got a, a solid corner. Um, we got definitely got a solid defensive end. We got um two solid uh offensive linemen and and a true center and a and a, and a guard uh, a Pro Bowl guard. So I I think I think we should be fine going forward. Um, like I say, just 
what we have now and then solidify that with a few more pieces in the draft, all we need to do is have a good camp. And I do see us making a playoff run this year. All right. Well, I, I, I just certainly hope that you are correct in that. I, um, well, you know, I don't need you to be correct or not because I'm claiming it. But anyway, uh, Pat, what do you think? <laughs> give, me, give me a uh, a, a, a grade for the Eagles off season so far, thus far. Thus far, because I, I, I'll give them a C plus for the simple fact of the matter. Uh, one lingering thing is to chase Daniel's contract. Hmm. Um, if they could have traded him, during this offseason to recoup some of that money that was on the cap um, on his contract, that would have been, you know, I would give him a B for that. But just releasing them, you know, you see what that contract was. It was, was just a bunch of money thrown at a guy for no apparent reason, you know, a high-priced uh, assistant quarterback's coach, you know. And that's kind of, you know, hindering our, our ability to, ability to, to go out there to grab these high-priced free agents, which actually may be a blessing in disguise because we don't do too good when we go out there and, and spend a lot of money on these high-priced free agents. Um, with the signs that we have done so far, they're solid signs, not, you know, wild signs except for Ashawn Jefferson Courts, um, but they have been very solid signings. Uh, Chance Warmack, um, Chris Long, uh, Patrick Robinson, they are solid signings. Um, and I believe just because we made uh, the decision to sign two receivers doesn't necessarily change our draft board. You know, I think our draft board is still going to be the same as it was prior to free agency. And I believe, you know, what they're doing right now, they're playing checkers. I mean, I mean, they're, they're playing chess instead of playing checkers, you know. So they're putting their, 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 their pieces in strategic places first to set up you know, there are different moves they want to do within the draft and the coming year. Because um, I do see them as a playoff contender this year. Uh, but next year, I believe we'll, we'll add it one or two, please. Uh, they actually may be a perennial, uh, you know, playoff and uh, Super Bowl contender in the next two years. Well, I think um, I think you're right uh, in your assessment. C-plus is a <clears> – ah, that's kind of a little lower than what I, I would probably give them. But. I understand your 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 philosophy or, or what you what you base mm-hmm. it on, and that and it's solid. But like you said, I think they're solid signings, also not big splashy, yeah. uh, flashy signings, but solid signings, solid signings. We've we've mm-hmm. got a uh, Warmack is a what former first round pick. We we signed a lot of former first round picks. Not that that means anything because we've yeah, seen first two. round pound, I mean yeah. first round picks uh, bust out, but. Um, we picked some uh, former first-round picks that have shown potential. So I think that bodes well for us, and we got them at a nice value. And, mm-hmm. again, now if they bust out and do good next year, their value is going to go up, and I, I don't know how we're going to keep them all, but that'll be a nice situation or a nice uh, a bridge to cross when, once we get to that 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 point there. Um, I wanted to talk yeah. about uh, – what would I want to talk about? Oh, the guy, the guy just, I hinted to it in the uh, in introduction. There was a, a player who has taken a pay cut to help out in us, you know, getting, signing some players in the offseason to help out our situation. And that player was Ron Brooks. And, you know, we, I want to say kudos to Ron Brooks, but I, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. Did he have much choice? I mean, like you, I'm saying, like, like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying I'm serious. I'm, I'm happy that he decided to do that. But that might have been a, a smart business decision on his part to actually do that uh, with him coming off an injury and all. But I do appreciate it, and uh, that's one. That's uh, you know, that's one. That's a person taking one for the team, so to speak. Um, so that happened today. Um, so I guess now we can sign a, uh, water boy or something. I mean, how much was he making anyway? I mean, who, how much money did he free up now? I mean, we could sign what an extra, uh, assistant coach or something. I don't know. What, what was he making? You know, the details, <laughs> Pat, tell me what, what was like he making? One point, one, one point eight six something like that. Almost 1.9. All right. 1. So it, wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't a whole, it wasn't a whole lot of money. Oh. Oh. oh, that's what that was. I was getting some interference, and I want, couldn't figure out what it was. You know, you you get this working in the home studio. So it was the darn cell phone sitting too close to the microphone. So that was what it was. All right, so let me, uh, who is this? Hello? It's Pat. Yeah, it's Patrick. No, I just clicked somebody on. Who's this? All right, all right, they're gone. So I think this is Shell right here. Shell dropped. Somebody called. Hello, can you hear me? Yo. Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. All right, Shell's back. Yeah. All right, Shell. So, all right, so um, what's my man? Ron Brooks took a pay cut, uh, to, to free up some space in the uh in the salary cap. So now we can sign. We can go. Actually, we can afford you now, Shell. <laughs> uh, yeah, we always need room for a fullback. <laughs> always need room for a fullback. I think he gave up like uh fifty thousand dollars, so we can we can sign you now, so No, nah, they gave him he gave up like almost nine hundred thousand. So uh right, we're only giving you exact, fifty thousand. Yeah. I don't know how much he gave up, but we're only giving you fifty thousand. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. I take I, I take it, but you gotta buy me all my own Nike stuff. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we got you, we got you. No, nah, all right, so all right, so we got the we got the draft coming up now. So now we, we now further tweak the draft. Now, does it affect? Uh oh, you know what? I want to talk about this Joe Mixon guy. So so you know Joe Mixon is they're saying he may be the best running back in this in this draft. He's uh, yeah. You guys were high on him. I, I remember yeah. that. You guys are high on him. So, being as it may, would you take? I don't care what round. I I definitely not taking him in the first round. I don't think anybody's going to take him in the first round. That's just it's just because he's no. passed and stuff like that. They're just not going to want that PR nightmare that's going to bring about. But he does have enough talent, and we understand that talent trumps more morality in a lot of. <clears throat> in a lot of uh, organizations' eyes. So I, I I have read that the New England Patriots have already said that they will not be taking him. He is not on their draft. They've taken him off their draft board. Now, I don't know if that's a ploy or not, but uh, they have come out and say that he's not somebody that they want associated with their team. And that may hurt his draft status. But we know that uh, players with value, uh, it's athletic value, are still going to get an opportunity, um, sadly, no matter what they've done. 
in most most cases. Anything short of murder. You know what I'm saying? So if we have the chance, you're you're in the draft room, you have Howie's ear and Howie is open to listen to you. Are you taking are you telling him to take Joe Mixon and and what round? Well, I I hate to ask Shelvin this because I know his answer, but in what round <laughs> in what round would you if you are willing to take him, in what round would you be willing to take him in? All right, I'll I'll start with you, Shell, and get you out the way. All right. So you're the G you have Howie's ear. You're controlling the draft board. Uh and, and what round are you taking him, first of all? Are you are you would you pick him? Yes, I would. All right, okay. All right. So you would pick him and, and what and what round would you think it would be safe enough? I would take you? I would take him in I would take I would take him in the second round. I think that's the safe safe bet. Um here's here's the crazy thing. Uh it's ten teams that have already said that now they wouldn't take him. But I'll tell you this, if he starts dropping down past eighteen, nineteen, twenty, um, a lot of teams are gonna gonna look at the value of this athlete um versus the issue that happened. Remember, this issue happened his freshman year, so he served his time. The only reason is is, is being blown up so much is because it was viral. It was able to be seen. Um, Oklahoma didn't see it as an issue. They they suspended him for that one year, and he he he's played on the field ever since. So, if you minus uh, minus all that and just look at his ability to play, I would take I would take a gamble on him late first round, early second round. All right. Um, yeah. So you obviously have no daughters. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Basically, I, you're I'm saying say you have no too. daughters. I'm gonna say this too. As as a as a grown man, as a as, as a football player, I've been in a situation where women have spit on me and, and thrown stuff at me. I've been in those type of situations. But a woman, a, a, you know, what I mean, like your daughter would never spit on on someone or call that person the n word. You don't know how you would react. I don't know how I would react if I had an individual call me the N-word in a derogatory setting. And I, Like I said, I, I hope that never happens because I'm a big, powerful guy. And I would pray to God that never, ever happens. But I don't know what I might do. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? We, so, won't, we won't call we'll be you. Sure you got to look at Hello? Yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah. Oh, all right. But but I'm saying like he was a 17, 18 year old kid when that happened. So I mean you gotta look at you gotta look look at those factors for it, for it man. All right, okay. Gotta look at those factors. Pat, you're the guy now. Are you yeah. taking them? Are you taking them? And and what round are you taking them? Well, well, first and foremost, I gotta I have to say this. Uh, what he did is unacceptable. Period. I mean, I understand the reason now behind it, you know. You know how you react with this, you know. Guy's six one, two thirty, almost two thirty, you know. And he lifts weights, and he he has minor car collisions every single day at practice, as it, and it's going to be his job coming up. So you know, one punch from him to anybody would, would probably knock somebody out. Um, on on that same token, though, his talent, his talent. If you pop a tape on him and just watch him, it's just like. I was looking at Tillman, uh, um, the, the defensive lineman from Stanford, and just watching that game and watching um, uh, 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 Joe Mixon run, it was like, you know what, I can't, I can't take my eyes off. 
I'm trying to watch D.D. Westbrook, but, you know, Joe Mixon is doing his thing. Um, his talent almost outweighs the incident, which I, I hate to say it like that, um, but that's what, what's going to happen in, in these, these GM rooms. They're going to look at, you know, what can this guy help our organization? Can he help our organization today, tomorrow? Is his problem bigger than his talent? Um, which I think, you know, if he makes it a, a point to, you know, say when I come into the league, this is my point of focus of my charity and I will try to get to domestic violence and stuff of that nature, I mean, he could turn his whole image around. Um, but I actually agree with Shelman on this one. He's the second-round talent. He's the best running back in this draft. But because of the incident, it, it drops him really out of the first round. Um if it, if it comes around our pick, I think we pick number 43. I mean, I would strongly, you know, consider drafting Joe Nixon. And I would, if I was in that room with Ty Roseman, I would say, look at the board. What do you see uh, besides uh, Jamal Williams? Look at the board. Who do you see? Do you see a difference maker on this board right now in the second round? I mean, you, you want to surround your quarterback. You want to surround you. You talk about surrounding your quarterback with, with weapons and get, making sure that he has everything he needs going forward. Joe Mixon can wow. do it. Let he me can say, uh, wow. Let me see. It's not it's not surprising when 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 Shell wants a quarterback. Actually, it was surprising. It was surprising that Shell said he didn't he didn't want to pick him in the first round. That was the surprise. That was, that was a surprise. But, <laughs> but it was surprising that Pat would pick him. Not only would he pick him, but in the second round, which is that's very high for a quarterback. And, hey, when you know, I when I look, go ahead. When I look when I look at this tape, when I look at your mixes tape. It, it, it screamed. It screamed like you know a difference maker. It screamed difference maker. It's like you know, if he was in a different type of office setting, he would thrive because he was he was sharing carries with uh, uh, Smarty P. Rod, you know. So and he had D.D. Westbrook there. So you know, he, he, the office was centered around him. But at the same time, his talent just jumps off the board. And, you know, for a guy his size to move the way he moves and catch the ball the way he catch the ball, it, it screams like, you know what, I, I understand your issue. We had an issue here with Michael Vick before. Right. <laughs> um, we had an issue last year with, with, with Nigel, um Brandon shooting, uh, I mean, getting, not shooting somebody, but uh, um, getting an altercation down in Miami, you know? Yeah. We, I... We're an organization that can actually deal with it. I believe this might be the perfect place for it. <laughs> Man, I'm not signing. I, I mean, I'm not drafting. I'm, all right, okay, all right. Maybe I would draft. Okay, all right. Maybe I am. Like uh, Owens. All right, yeah, all right, he has a lot of talent, but I'm not taking him in the second round. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it because I have a daughter, and I, you know, I, I, I don't believe in hitting. Yeah, you know I mean, I don't care what they call you, as long as they didn't put their hands on you and your life is threatened. I yeah, she just struck don't him. see. She struck him. Oh, she, well, struck, she struck him. She struck him twice. You gotta I just don't see. I still don't see a reason put that. She stood in his face, and then she called him. She called him the N word. I don't. That's an excuse, though. Yeah, we got. I'm not using. I'm not using. I'm not using it as an excuse. What I'm saying is, we're all human beings, and you never know what's going to strike a chord. Well, all right. Well, then I put my daughter. I put my daughter in that spot right there, and and if my daughter even behaved like that. I would not want 
that guy to hit my daughter like he hit her. I'm sorry. If it if it was my daughter and she and she did that, I still would be looking for him now if he had hit my daughter like that. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm saying I'm just I'm being real. I'm keeping it 100, as they say, right? I'm keeping it 100. I would still be looking for him today if that was the case. So you know, I'm and, and, and even with that said. Well, you know, well, if it was my daughter, maybe I wouldn't draft him at all. But it's not. But anyway, so so I maybe I would draft him, but I'm definitely not taking him with the second round pick. So I'm probably not going to get him because it's going to be other people out there that's going to be willing to yeah. take a chance on him at, at, at a higher level. I'm not taking him in the second round. I'm sorry. I think that you know there has to be some consequence to your actions sometime. And you have to learn, and if that learning is you, 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 uh, drop down, uh, because this is a this is a privilege to be considered to play professional football. To it's a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege, and you have a I, lot of I, responsibilities I that go along with that. And I know you're young and all that, and and stuff like that. But that's no one's fault, but your parents, your handlers, or whatever, whatever. You know, you know. What does what's not put in place a, a lot of times is they train them how to be football players, but they don't train them how to be good men. And that the and that training to me is just as vital to to being a a a great football player. You have to train these guys and being good men, good character people, and and things like that. We, there's going to be oper- There's going to be situations where things are not. Um, hunky dory so to speak and, and it may be tough for you but you've got to that's the training that they got to get they got to get that training that you're going to be a public figure and they you're going to run into people they're not they're not going to see things your way that are going to be uh, uh trolls so to speak that are going to be uh douchebags so to speak and you've got to be able to carry yourself in a certain way you you're you're representing more than and than uh than just yourself here, which is that's worthy enough to be a good man anyway, just to represent yourself. But you're representing a lot more, and you need to carry yourself in a certain way. So I wouldn't take him, uh, not in the second round anyway. Now, if he's there in the third or fourth, uh, and you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, but I'm, I'm definitely not giving him the uh, the opportunity to come play in this league and make all this money in the second round because I don't know what lesson that teaches. And, and 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 I don't know the young man. I don't even know if he if he's learned a lesson or not. But I hope the teams that are still continuing to he hasn't well, he's having his freshman year. He hasn't he hasn't been in any any any, ish, any issues or any trouble since then. He's played. Yeah, but they you got ten teams already that say they're not touching him. Now these teams, I don't know if they brought him in yet. But if if they've brought him in to their uh, to their facility and they've sat down, they've talked to him, and they're still under the impression that they're not, they're taking them off the draft board, there's a red flag there. Now, that's a big if, because I, I don't know if they actually sat him down. I don't know if the uh, New England Patriots had a meeting with him or not. But if any of those teams, mm-hmm. those 10 teams that said they're taking them off the draft board, if any of those teams have brought him in, sat him down, and had an interview with him, and then they decided they'd take him off the draft board, to me, that's a red flag. But that's just me. All right, so we won't have to worry about that. This this is great for me to move into this segment. We don't even have to worry about taking Joe Mixon because I'm looking at the latest mock draft, and you know there's 
a million mock drafts out there, but this one, I yeah. this one I'm happen to be looking at t- uh, today is from CBS Sports. So we don't have to worry about taking Joe Mixon because in the first round they've got us taking Christian McCaffrey. So we don't need a running back now. So you don't have to worry about mm. it. So how do you guys? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you guys first of all, how do you feel about this this mock draft scenario? And then I'm going to ask you. You know, because, you know, we got two more signings this week and all that. So as things change, I know draft strategy changes also. So I'm going to ask you guys, who would you actually take uh, as of today? So number one, Pat, they have us taking Christian McCaffrey. How would you feel if the the Eagles actually did do that? And and then who would you take? Um, Well, at at 14, at 14. Um, best player available will be my philosophy. Um, and my draft work would be, you know, if Mark Williams is gone, Corey Davis is gone. If John Ross is gone, then I would look to, you know, one of the corners that's available. Um, running back would be my least. If I had to make a, uh, a, a draft war room right now in the first round, Running back would even be on my board for the first round. Um, Chris McCaffrey has has a unique, unique uh, skill set, um, but at number fourteen, uh, no. <laughs> um, I actually looked at those mock drafts, and mock drafts is for people to get a feeling of you know what people thoughts are about these different players, where they might go, stuff like that. But Chris McCaffrey at at fourteen, when you have um, Better players available. Um, I don't. I don't think we should go that route. He doesn't really necessarily fit a every damn running back. Now you're going to draft a running back in the first round, and especially in the top fifteen, he needs to be an every damn back. And I don't see Christian McCaffrey being a first down, second down, third third down back, and just carrying the bell horn in in the NFL. Maybe it was different in college. Just way different in college. You know, there's some pros. You know, but I don't see him doing that the same, at same um, capacity in, in, in the NFL, especially in the NFC East. All right, so all right, so all right, we're going to use this this mock draft as a barometer then. So all right, so mm-hmm. if you're not taking Christian McCaffrey, uh, who are you taking? And I'll tell you this already: that Corey Davis they have going at number ten to Buffalo. Um, they still have on the board. Though Dalvin Cook, they have him going after we pick, and they have Mike Williams still on the board. Uh, John Ross is still on the board at that point. Oops, excuse me. I'm well, sorry. I, um, I can stop right there. Can, Marlon Humphrey, right there. the cornerback from Alabama, is still on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, who would you take if you were not taking Christian McCaffrey? Um, McCaffrey. Point blank, I would say John Ross because Mike Williams is the same type of receiver as Austin Jeffrey. Um, you need a young receiver to grow with this quarterback that we have, uh-huh. and I believe he fits the mode that that we're looking for. Point blank. All right, so you know, I, Pat, some things. If you guys listen to the last couple of shows, he loves John 
boss. Number two things you don't even have to know. You don't even have to know Patrick. You can just listen to the last couple of shows. And one thing you know is he loves John Dross. His speed. You can't teach speed. <laughs> number two is he hates a running back in the first round. That's number two. Those are two things that you can yeah. take from listening to Pat. Pat is not taking a running back. I don't care who it is. I don't care. Damn it. I don't care <laughs> if it was Walter Payton, <laughs> Jim Brown. I don't think Pat would take none of them. Earl Campbell, he would not take any of those guys. Eric Dickerson. Would you take no. Eric Dickerson in the first round, Pat? Pat, would you at least take well, Eric You're Dickerson? talking about different running backs in, in different areas. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Shell, tell me, all right, so they have us taking Christian McCaffrey. See, Shell might, he'd be like, all right, I'm running back. At least we in the ballpark. All right, anyway, we have Christian, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey on this mock draft. Do you agree with that? If not, who will you take it? I agree with it. Um, uh, you, what you need to do, Pat, and uh, the, kind of, is turn on a tape of the USC game from last year and turn on a tape of the Notre Dame game from the year before. Um, they, they're talking about, uh, he wasn't somebody that was getting in the end zone a lot. Well, he almost won the Heisman. They started giving him the ball a lot this year because they didn't have the big back and he was running in between the tackles. He, he was running in between the tackles and, uh, he was doing everything he needed to do. So he was doing questions. So yeah. <laughs> Where was he in the, in this past bowl season? Well, didn't he abandon his team in in the, in, the, in their bowl game? Um, how many other athletes did that? Didn't um, didn't Peppers do that from Michigan? Peppers was injured. Oh, that's he got a good, injured. That's a good point. No, he, no, he was he wasn't. No, he wasn't injured. He could have played in their he bowl game. Injured. He was injured. Go look at right, that. Go look at that. That is a good he argument declared, to have. De- As a matter of fact, I'm sorry. Declared, I want to interrupt. De- I'll interrupt you he guys. He declared. Here. He declared he wasn't playing in the game. So. So, so let me just say that that that's a great point that you did bring up. Uh, that's actually a great subject for, uh, uh, that's a subject that we can do a show we can do on that subject altogether. And I, I'd like to revisit that in the next episode. But just for the sake of uh time constraints here, just uh let just continue on with uh why you would take them, and uh and we'll listen. Uh, because of the skill sets, he 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 can run off tackle. He can do the sweep. He has the speed to do the sweep. He uh, also, if you look at his his, uh, his how he set him up, uh, how Stanford set him up over the last two, three years, um, he's somebody that can line up in a, in a one-back set, go out in the slot. And now he, instead of him being one-on-one with a safety, he's one-on-one with a linebacker because you already had him lined up in the, in the backfield. Now you just made a total mismatch. So you don't know if the quarterback's throwing it to the, to the skinny post or he's throwing it to – to the bubble to the back, you just you just you just set everything up. You still have now you have two two top rate receivers. You just sent McCaffrey out in the slot. So so now you have uh, really four receivers in the formation, and you had three linebackers. That's an automatic mismatch. I I, so I, I, I hear somebody. I'm sorry. I, I just want to say I see I see your vision there. The, the guy is I saw him at the combine. I saw him. I saw a couple games with him this year. He's a natural receiver. His dad is is a receiver. Um, he's a natural yeah. receiver. So yeah, I can see him easily in the slot. Like 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 so natural it'd be for him to be in the slot and and and, and cause those matchups. But 
Are you serious? Are you serious? He would he would be taking us. He would be taking in this mock draft. They have him going to us before your boy Dalvin Cook. Now, are you all right? All right. See, I'll get I'll get shell started right here. All right. So you're saying to me that you would take Christian McCaffrey over Dalvin Cook? He ran a better forty. Wow. Look, shell is on those mm. running backs. Shell is on. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Look, I don't care. All right. All right. Look. All right. So. Here's another four, thing, four, and, four, and, and four, I'm not afraid because I'll say I'm going to say it. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. First of all, he would be the first <laughs> running back off the board, and he's white. Oh, my goodness. Y'all going to take the, the running uh. back off the first running back off the board is going to be a white guy. <laughs> this is, oh, my goodness. I don't understand. Are you, t- that, that are you guys matter. serious? Are you matter. serious? Okay, okay Shane. Okay, all right, Shannon okay, Sharp. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right I, I just channeled my inner Shannon Sharp. All right, it doesn't matter. The guy, is, he's a talented dude. I, I do see it. I saw him in the combine. He was uh, he was great in the combine, actually. He was smooth on his routes and and, and, and looked so efforts. I mean, effortlessly he caught the ball. I mean, it was just, it was just like so natural uh, in his running the routes and his catching of the, of the football. Uh, he didn't look out of place at all. He's um he's going to be a specimen. But me personally, I don't know. I'm not taking him. I'm not taking a running back. Um, that first round. I'm sorry. I think we need. We still need uh a, a corner. Even if I just take one corner, I'm taking a corner. I don't know how high. I'm still probably taking a receiver. If uh well, they have in this mock draft, they have Corey Davis going to Western. Michigan. Uh, I do agree that Mike Williams is the same as Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, so I probably would lean towards a John Ross uh, at that position. Um, or and, and again, I wouldn't be, you know, we, ha- we, 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 we trust Joe Davis. I mean, Joe Douglas, I'm sorry. Uh, and his setting of the mm-hmm. draft board. So in this situation, I'm taking the best player available in our position of need. So if uh, if John Ross is rated higher than the top rated uh, cornerback they have, then I'm taking John Ross. But I'm not going to be mad if they have a, a a cornerback rated higher than John Ross at 14 and they decide to take him. But I am going to be upset. I, I I have to admit this. I am going to be upset if they take a running back in the first round. I'm sorry. I just am. I yeah. I just am. So uh, I'm not as staunch as uh, Patrick is, but. I don't think that – I just think that running backs just don't hold the value that they had, let's say, in the 80s or 90s where everything revolved around that, that stud running back. I don't even think they feed the ball to the running back as much as they did back then where you needed a, a franchise running back. Uh, so I, I just think that we could get a, a good running back in the later round. So I, I just would not do that. I just would not do that. But this this is a, a very strong cornerback class. So I would try to uh, grab one of them if I could. I wouldn't be opposed to not grabbing them in the first round because they're, they're so deep. I could probably I would probably go second, third round cornerback. Boom, cornerback, second round. Boom, cornerback, third round. And get my receiver here uh, for the future. Uh, right here in the first round, but that I'm 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 not changing much. I'm still this, you know. If you listen to the past podcast, I'm still on track with with that philosophy there. Now we did hear that. All right, here's a this is is a great 
question, and we're, we're, we're coming down to the end of the show. Well, here's a good question. So, so you know, in the in the press conference um, of Jeffrey Lurie, as well as the press conference with uh, with uh, Howie Roseman uh, about a month ago, they're they're praising Joe Douglas, and 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 they're telling you that he's setting this draft board, and 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 I do feel good. I have to admit, I do feel good that he's on board with us. He's setting the draft board, and he's doing, and he's 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 come from he comes from a franchise where that have had much success in in the draft process. So he's setting the draft board, and but how he has the last say. So what happens actually if we get to a, a situation where uh, the draft board is set, and 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 it comes down to uh, how he having to make a decision does how we stick to the draft board and and take the next person that's on that's ranked on that draft board or does he go out on his own and pick the player that he that he thinks is better so for instance let's say uh we get to not the first round per se but maybe in the first round let's say we get to the first round and the the highest person on the draft board is a cornerback but maybe right under that or two positions under that is a wide receiver. Does Howie stick to the draft board and take that cornerback that's on their draft board that they have ranked right there, or does he make his own decision and, and pick the wide receiver? Who who has more power, more juice there? Do you really think it's Joe Douglas, or do you think Howie is, is going to uh, step out and do his own thing there? I'll start with you, Pat. I think they they truly put in a system where it's, where it's still with, um when it comes to a decision of that magnitude, uh, the person who is more uh, successful at has been more successful at in Joe Douglas would have to uh, to the last say, even though Harry Roseman is the GM. I believe they're moving they're trying to move away from Howie Roseman as a player personnel slash you know do it all and just have high roads and be the person that deals with the contracts and the players once they're in the capacity of the team. Um, Joe Douglas, his resume, his, his resume is outstanding. And, um, hello. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm just, resume, I'm just buzzing you because I think Howie has learned from his, Chip Kelly days that he's not <laughs> going to allow somebody to like, come in and undermine uh, and on? undermine his authority and, and 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 have him pushed into the back room again. He's experienced that one time and he's not going through that again. He allowed Chip Kelly to un, to uh, undermine his authority, and the next thing he knew, he was sitting in the back room with uh you know next with a small desk next to uh, Uncle. Lori there and he's not going through that again so I don't know I don't know if he's going to just sit back and allow now I think that he should I think that he should I think that he should allow the person that is uh whose whose, uh, area expertise is in player personnel evaluation I think he should turn over that to Joe Date Douglas but I don't know if he is going to do it uh and that and that's my only question uh, Shell, what do you think? What do you think? If it came down to it, is Howie going to stick to um, stick to the draft board that that has been that has been uh, made up by Joe Douglas, or is he going to go off on his own 
when he sees somebody uh, that's available that he I, likes. I think in this this I think in this case you have somebody that has a little more sport, uh, a little more experience than Howie. So I, I think he sticks to the board. If you got a corner up and there's a corner available, go get the corner. If you got a backup and the and the, and the best the best athletes are back, go get the back. Don't um don't don't gamble on an athlete that's not on your board. You always want to. One thing about the draft, you want always want to get the best athlete available. So if there's somebody that you don't have a need for, go get the next best athlete available. Don't go off and get a corner just because it's a corner. You want to get the next best athlete available, and you need to stick to that formula. Now, that's that's what the Patriots do. That's what that's what the Steelers do. Now, I, I, I agree with both of you. I agree with both of you that what that's what you should do, that you should lean on the person with the more, more experienced player personnel uh, evaluation. I believe that. But I'm just looking at it, and, you know, and, and I'm just looking at it, the situation. I'm, I'm looking at the history. I'm looking at I'm, – I'm even, I'm even looking at what I hear Howie say. And and, the, and I, I, I think I spoke to this one time, but, like, he says certain things, he says certain keywords that you have to, that, that are red flags for me. So when he's talking and he, and he has to make a point that the, the last, the final decision is his. See, to me, that says ego. So to me, it says that he mm. is conscious of, I had, I am the one with the last say. So, you know, like to me, I, I've said it in the past. And if I haven't, let me say it now. Like if I was Howie, I don't need the glory. I don't need to to reaffirm the fact that I'm making the last decision. I don't need that. I will get all of my accolades in the success of this team. I, you know, even if it's Joe Douglas's draft board that brings us talented players and propels us to the playoffs, I, that's great. I, I want that to happen. And 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 and, and the trickle down effect is is that. They, I will get the credit because I am in the seat that I'm in. So I don't need to go to you and say that the final decision is mine. If we get this person, it's going to be, you know, it's my credit. And, and I don't need all that. I just want to get the best player. I just want the team to propel. And in the aftermath or the runoff of that is going to be, I'm going to be recognized because I'm sitting in the seat of GM. So I'm going to automatically be recognized. So I don't need to put my, you know, poke my chest out and say I'm the one that's doing this. If these things happen while I'm sitting here, I'm going to get, I have no choice but to get some credit of it. So that's what's a red flag to me when I hear him having to say something like, I am the one that makes the final decision. I see no need for having to say that. Don't You don't have to say that. Let's just. Let's just, uh, if you have the ultimate confidence in Joe Douglas, let him do what he does and let's get better. And, and, and then I'll, I'll receive my recognition when it comes down the line. So that's why I, I, I kind of come at you guys and say, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like that, but I hope it is like that. That's the way it should work. But go ahead, Shell. You're about to say something. No, no, I, I, I agree with what you say. It's, it, 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 it sounds like it is ego driven. But like one thing about, like football in the business world, you can't be like you can't think about the ego. You got to think about the bottom line, the company or the team. And, and whenever you think about yourself as an individual, that's when that leads to no success. Well, you're right about that, so, hey, guys. We're gonna we. All right, we're coming down to the end here. I'm gonna uh, 
give you guys. We're going. We're coming back next week. I will be. I will be available next week. It's, there's still so much that has to transpire in this off season. We haven't even gotten to the to the uh, actual draft yet. So we still have some mock mm-hmm. drafts. There's still some moves out there that can be made. I mean, you know, Ron Brooks just freed up about a million dollars so we can sign somebody like, you know, so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's still moves to be made and, and we'll, we'll keep our eyes and our ears open and we'll be here to report them to you guys out there that's listening. And thank you for listening to, I mean, to Eagles talk. Let me just say, I should have said this in the beginning. Let me just say, you can go to the damn it. Let's talk radio network, Facebook page and, Eagles Talk is one of the shows that you can stream live. You can go to iTunes. iTunes, we are streamed in iTunes. Uh, you also search Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network, and you will see Eagles Talk there. And you can get us on the Android platform as well. Uh, multiple podcast apps carry us. You just go to Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network, and uh, Eagles Talk is on there. And uh, one in particular is called CastBox. CastBox on Android uh, phone systems. You can download the CastBox app and just search Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network, and Eagles Talk is there. Uh, I'll be posting this show I, as I do all the time. I post this show on all my, my Eagles uh, groups on uh, Facebook and things like that. So you can, if you belong to any Eagles groups on uh, Facebook, just go there and you can find us and stream us and give us a compliment. I mean, not a compliment. I mean, if you feel like giving us a compliment, please do. But give us a comment on what you think about the show and what questions you want to ask. And uh, I think next week, and I did this with my other podcast, but next week when we do the recording, I'm going to announce the uh, live call-in number. So in case anybody out there, and I might even go back, I might even go Facebook Live. And, you know, we don't usually do Facebook Live unless we're in season, but I might even open up uh, and do something Facebook live so we can uh, kind of invite anybody out there who follows us. And we do have some followers out there. We do get some, uh, we do get interest and I, I appreciate you guys for doing that. So next week, tune in, look for our announcements on your, uh, on our page and we'll give you the ability to call in and access questions uh, right here on the air. So for me, Shelman, Patrick, thank you guys. You guys bring a lot to the table. I thank you guys for being down with me because you helped make me legitimate because you're the football guys. I don't, you know, we talked about this before. I don't know how to, I don't know how to open my hips. I don't know all that stuff. I don't know all that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the triple, you know, the, 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 the cover twos and all that. You guys know that stuff. So I thank you guys for joining me and keeping it real and. For the rest of the crew, this is your man, Dante the Dark Knight. We'll be talking to you soon. Look for this podcast to be up soon. All right, we're out. We're peace. Peace. Peace.